When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. And I'm Greer McVeigh. Warriors. Hi, <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> yes. Warriors. It is I so know. nice to be like everyone is the, uh, not a warrior fan or a basketball oh, fan. They ought to be. We're we're gonna take this moment. <laughs> it's nice saying. to be like like from in the home of like you know the, the greatness. Victories, yes. you know, it's like how many victory parades can I go to in one decade? I mean, <laughs> you know, really, I tell you, in the last 10 years, not even 10, right? Warriors have won the fourth four championship in six years, in eight, eight years, eight years. Yes. And you know what, though? I guess this is going to be their first parade in San Francisco. This will be their first San Francisco oh, no. parade, Maybe their first Chase Center. Maybe they'll parade. go to Oakland and do it. Oh, that would be <laughs> cool if they started in San Francisco, went oh, across, they the, go across the bridge, uh, the Bay Bridge, and then back. I wonder if they could get that permit. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> like, see that yeah, happening. Let's, let's shut down the Bay Bridge and all the, the commerce and business at that. Maybe they could do a BART parade i do not see that happening but see, that would be like so innovative but if they shut down the bridge and went from san francisco into you know what there's also <laughs> oh my God. there's a walking path on the bay bridge there is a walking path it only on goes halfway so i don't know how <laughs> it only goes to yerba buena it doesn't go across the other span but that's from the oakland to to there not from yeah. the san francisco side so correct you know, but I, I think you're a Buena, isn't that in San Francisco County? I, it could be good enough. I'm imagining <laughs> yeah, they've got enough. that beautiful uh, stadium or arena or whatever they call it. And they would like in, in the plaza with, I've never yeah, been yeah. there. Have you been I've there not, yet? I've not been there. Donovan's been there. You know, I don't, I, I'm not invited to anything anymore. So, you know, I guess the, I could just go drive by and at least look at it because tickets are what to get into a game or tickets hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
I'm like, in order pretty to expensive. To, also, in order I to keep, go to a Warriors game, I gotta wait until they play. I don't know the Nets or the the. Ouch. I don't know some obscure the Bucks or something. <laughs> go see them in Milwaukee. <laughs> Ouch, By the that, way, that we are talking about the Golden State Warriors that won the championship, just in case anybody hadn't figured it out. We just like jumped in in the middle. <laughs> well, that's but what they happens. won. They beat the Boston Celtics in six games in Boston. Uh, you know, it was it was a good series, I would say. It was close, and even even the 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 game uh, game six. Where the Warriors beat the Boston Celtics, might I add, or might I reiterate? Um, you know, they started, they were down in the first quarter, and it was like, oh, shoot, you know, Boston came out hot. Warriors battled back, took the lead by the half, were up at some point, what, 22 points, I think? 22, something, or 25 something. points, something. 26, I, I think, think, at the highest. Then the next thing you know, they were back down to single digits. <laughs> it was like, all right. Y'all. I know it got down. I walked out <laughs> of the like, room. I walked out of the room. Next thing you know, Michael's like, uh, Warriors are only up by, they were only up by seven. I said, they're only up by seven. He said, no, they're up by 12 now, but they were only up by seven. I was like, oh. <laughs> you're like, what happened? Don't leave we the room. That moral of the story, the don't room. leave the room. We've talked about this. He and I have talked about this all season. No lead is safe, right? With the the three-point game, right? The emphasis on three points. Because all you need is two or three of those and you get, you know, you turn it over, somebody comes down, busts a A couple of stops. You know, you miss a thing and they come down. The next thing you know, that 15-point lead is down to six. Evidence by... Evidenced by what happened last night, right? The Warriors were down by 12, I think. And then the next thing you know, they were up by 12, right? They have like this 25 point turnaround. I know that's only 24 points, but the exact number was like a 25 point turnaround and in the quarter, in the quarter. It wasn't even yeah. like it, you know, so, and it went on from there. Well, you know so. what, what, um, to that point, what sort of surprised me was with about, I don't know, maybe two and a half minutes left, you know, it became sort of clear that the, you know, it was, it was clear that the Warriors are going to win. And you could see. Was it clear or was that your fandom speaking? (laughs) Well, there started to be evidence that they were going to that, that they were going to be able to hold off the Celtics and that they were going to be able to come back. And even, but at a minute and a half, the one thirty, you know, it's like Celtics, you know, the the players, they were all over there like commiserating, and you know, and it was like, okay, based on how the game has gone, right? You know, I mean, you could, you know, like we just said, you come down to uh, two or three turnovers and two or three three pointers. They only what did what was the final score? One oh something. They won by twelve three ninety. So they won by 13. But again, two or three turnovers, you do that in 30 seconds, you know, and be back down the single digit. I mean, you know, there were multiple runs in the game. Um, I think the biggest one was like Warriors, I think 35 to 
eight or 35 to six or something. Um, it was like the biggest run, but there were several big runs. Most of them were in Boston's favor. So I don't see why they gave up, but I'm glad that they did and didn't <laughs> keep me in my misery. So, you know, so it was, it was, it was a, it was a good game. It was a good series. I say that as somebody whose team won, you know, I don't know the Celtics fans would think it was such a great series, but you know, it was competitive is, is, is my point. It was not, and, and that is it true. wasn't a sweep. It wasn't a, you know, every game was a blowout. It, you know, there were leads back and forth. Certainly the Warriors lost at home and, you know, um, game they one. They did. They lost game one. And, <laughs> and then Boston lost at home and, you know, and then they got back on track. So, but, well, I will say this, my prediction had been Warriors in five. I missed that. Um, and I made that prediction when I had a back and forth on a text with your mother uh, three series ago. So the sons were still in it at, okay. the, at that point. And I, they, when they were- That's playing, probably where one could go see a cheap warrior game. Who wants to go to Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> when they were playing, I think they were playing Denver at the time. And, um, and so I was like, Warriors had won their series. And I said, they would win the next round against, I was predicting whoever they played, whether it was the Suns or Denver, that they would win that in six. Celtics would win whoever they were playing that round in six. And then they would play each other and Warriors would win at five. I was off by one. Um, and I was off by in that Celtic series because they that went to a seven game series with the with Miami. But uh, that's neither here nor there. It's just a jumping off point for our <laughs> conversation, which actually will continue with talk about the Warriors, but less about them winning. But why they won, in my opinion, anyway. Besides the why fact they that won. they're the best team in the NBA. Well, why they're the best team in the NBA. That's yeah. my point. Why are yeah. they the best team in, in the in the NBA? Why did they win? Uh, they had their challenges this season. And mm -hmm. again, whether you are a Warrior fan or not, you don't need to turn this off if you're not a Warrior fan. And you don't need to turn this off if you're not a basketball fan because basketball and all of this is a metaphor for life right? Sports is a metaphor for life, basketball, golf, tennis, whatever. There is so is. much we can learn there about ourselves, the world around us, the values, there are all lessons, of that. Mm -hmm. absolute, and absolutely everything. And you just have to be willing to look for them. And so the lessons that I want to pull out and we, the lemon drops that I want to pull out of this uh, for this conversation comes from an article about the Warriors written by Sam Quinn that was published uh, June 9th. If you want to find it, I will include the link in the show notes. It's a CBS Sports article that talks about the, the leadership of the Warriors firing back at critics talking about the Warriors high payroll and I'm not interested mm -hmm. and I'm not interested in talking about their payroll specifically 
but just for the context, the Warriors have the highest uh, payroll in bas- NBA basketball, not only this year, but apparently in the history of basketball. And does that include just the player salaries or the entire friend organization? Or no, this are is, they paying their managers and coaches this, more too? This is the, that's the payroll for the players. Okay. Plus, so they've got $176 million player payroll, but they have almost that same amount in luxury tax. So Mm -hmm. they, there's a salary cap and I don't know all the details, so I don't want to dig, you know, talk too much about something I don't know anything about. Um, And I want to get to what I do know something about, but I have to set the context up for this. And so there's a luxury tax if you go over the salary cap, whatever that is, and you pay this luxury tax. Well, their luxury tax is $170 million. Mm -hmm. Their payroll is $176. They're playing the payers $176. Their luxury tax is another $170. So their total payroll is 346 the next by the way who gets the luxury tax is that the nba you're asking questions about i'm sorry well no i'm asking the question to our audience somebody will chime in while somebody will chime in while i'm talking somebody will chime in you can shut up no because i'm gonna keep talking over you so you don't tell me to shut up because i'm talking somebody can chime in so anyway go on you can shut up and look it up my point is Instead of asking me the question, you could Google it and let me finish talking. So that's that. So the next, the team that comes closest to that is the Clippers at 250. And so again, I don't, I'm I'm not here to talk about, you know, um, payrolls and, and the, and the like, except to the extent of what it says about a willingness to invest in your talent and a willingness that it, it that it's the message that it sends about your commitment to your philosophy about how you build your team, right? Um, and this goes for whether or not you are a company, you are an entrepreneur and have talent that you've employed or in your family, right? That how would you choose to use your resources? They say you want to understand somebody's values. Look at how they spend their time and how they spend their money. Mm -hmm. That tells you what people truly value. And what I'm saying this says about the warriors and what they value and their philosophy about team building is that they're building from the ground up, which I think is a lesson that a lot of not just basketball teams, not just sports teams, but companies in general can learn something from. There's there's always this a, you know, desire to get the, the best superstar rather than developing your superstar. Um, and, and that applies in 
work situations. And that applies to you as an employee or as an entrepreneur, as someone who, you know, if you've listened to our show for any amount of time, I am a huge believer in loving your work, loving the work that you're doing, and that it is a partnership with the company that you work for, if you work for companies rather than as an entrepreneur, that it's a partnership in terms of creating the environment and the culture in which that can happen. And so if, if your philosophy around building talent, developing talent is not to do so, which a lot of companies don't make investments in their people. And then they wonder why they're not getting the best from their employees or why their employees are constantly looking to leave. I'm suggesting that it's because there's a lack of investment. And what I see from the warriors and have seen from them over the course of this last decade plus is this willingness to, to take raw talent and develop it into what it is that you want. And yes, they have done some plug and play and, and you know, dr- not just drafted, but brought in some trades, right? They had the experiment with Kevin Durant, which worked. Right, which goes to my point about bringing in a superstar that worked Mm -hmm. for a period of time, but he didn't really feel connected to the team, and for whatever reason, some of he wasn't there from the beginning. He was an imposter. uh, Well, he was not an imposter. He was who he was. Right. See, there you go. You're one of those. (laughs) You're one of those. I like KD. I'm just teasing. You're one of those, but don't be so quick to judge, to label me. They have built this team basically from the ground up, starting with Steph Curry, Wardell, right? They starting with him. He is the longest tenured player on the team. And then Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. So the three of them have been together for the past 10 years. And they have built what they have built in terms of the culture, a winning culture, basically on the backs of three, this, this core, these three guys and brought in other players that they are developing, sending to their G league team. Are you doing that with your employees? If you have employees, you know, if you're a manager, are you doing that with your employees? Are you developing them or are you expecting them to come in and be superstars and just do what they do? Or what, what I see a lot of and what I keep reading a lot of, especially with this whole, you know, the great resignation mm-hmm. uh, phenomena, you know, with people leaving companies and realizing there's better out there. I don't have to take this, you know, you can take this job and shove it. But what, what tends to happen in a lot of organizations is that people, um, companies decide, you know, we've got to do more with less. 
So we have fewer people, people leave, they don't get replaced. People, you know, so the employees who are there are picking up the slack. They're doing the job of two people. They're doing the job of three people, or at least this is the perception that they're doing more and they're not being compensated for that extra work. They're not being, they might be getting paid out of class for doing a little extra, might get a little bump or a little bonus, but they're certainly not getting double pay. They're not necessarily even getting promoted. Then when they fall a little bit short because mm -hmm. they're so stretched, then it's like, oh, we're going to bring in some new talent. So you're going to hire somebody and, you know, and you may even hire them above the people. At I, a higher I can't level. tell you how yes. many people have told me that they trained their supervisor or they trained someone who became the supervisor or they're the ones who are giving, you know, onboarding new employees and sharing their institutional knowledge. Who are at a higher level with other than people they are. Who are at a higher level. Right. And, you know, so it's like, so you as an, you know, as an employee, you know, right, as a, as a staff member would ask your supervisor, it's like, so what you're telling me, <laughs> you know, by your actions is that you will pay somebody above me rather than to pay me, but somehow, or rather, rather than, than to, to develop me, me, rather than to develop me, invest right. in me. Yes. And, you know, even if you were to hire somebody, then hire a lower level person than me that I can then work with who will help me do my job, but elevate me. And that just doesn't tend to happen as much. And I think part of it has to do with management's mindset that that people are stale, they're slacking, they're not delivering, they're not meeting their full potential. And it's really, you know, I think in a lot of instances, a case of, you know, we need to call a truce and we need to, you know, stop trying to one up each other on who's not doing what and who's, it's like, hey, wait a minute, we've got you. And ultimately it takes, it costs more to acquire new than to yes. retain the old. Yes. You know, and manage, management understands, well, we got to pay more because, you know, to get new talent without really thinking, or you could pay more to develop the existing talent. Pay, you're ending up paying less in acquisition, the cost of acquisition, you know, which pay is, now, you know, pay recruiting later. And, and training and onboarding and, yes. and all of that other stuff with somebody you already have. So, you know, there needs to be a, a meeting of the minds, you know, in some ways so that that phenomenon doesn't have to continue unabated. Your point is well taken and it, it speaks to, you know, this concept of um, we have to do more with less, I think is exactly the opposite of what I've seeing the warriors do not that they're looking to just throw money out the window that's not at all what i'm suggesting um but this this is what we want right what, what is your here is whitney talking about that vision thing again what is your vision for your team for your um, your department, if you're a manager, for your company, if you own a company, for your family, right? If you are, you, you, 
business is not your thing, right? You can look at this for your family, for your health. What is your vision for whatever the thing is that you're moving towards your goal? And what are you willing to invest to make it happen? And always looking for the shortcut for the easy way out and not looking at it both in the immediacy and the long term becomes the, the, the problem, right? So a couple of years ago, after the their third time, the fifth time in the finals, right? But when they were going for their three-peat for the third year that, that Kevin Durant was on the team, the year that he tore his Achilles tendon and Clay uh, tore his uh, ACL. Um, lots of pundits, sports pundits or whatever, were saying they should break up the team. They should start all over again, trade Clay or see what they could get for um, Steph because they're, they're not, not going to regain their glory. Like the magic Ultimate. sauce was gone. It, like exactly. At some point, KD left and then Clay got his second injury, right? So the first year he hurt his knee, the second year he tore his Achilles tendon and had not even played a game after <laughs> the, the first injury so they're like well you need to break up the team and then Steph broke his hand broke, broke his wrist right so all this talk they're never going to regain their glory that that team is gone it's over they need to break this team up and move on and the Sell it attitude, off parts. the attitude of the the owners was no we've got a good group here we just need time. So it took them two years, right? The first year they had the worst record in basketball, mm -hmm. which goes to, you know, your point, if you, if you translate this to some other type of company or industry, you had a, a you know, you were not profitable, right? You mm -hmm. had losses, but if you have a vision and stop to think about how you can turn this around, you make the investments that the, the solution to losing money isn't to cut. It isn't always cutting. A lot of times, most of the time, it's about investing, spending more. You're already in the hole. Spend some more, <laughs> right? Create exactly what it is that you need to be where you want to be. And, and this is the, the piece that I think we miss often in our, in our lives and how this applies to you, regardless of your situation, is that if you see yourself where you're going, right, who do you need to be in order to have what you want? Who did, who did the Warriors need to be in order to be champions again, right? Mm -hmm. What did they need to have on their team? What were the pieces that they needed to have so on their team? So when you get that draft pick, that there. first round draft pick, because you're last, it's like, you know, then who do you, who do you, what do you need? Do you need a, a you know, a big guy in the middle? Do you need some a ball handler? Do you need a three-pointer do you you know what what is the what are the missing parts that you can fill in your gap so that you can get back to whatever it is yeah 
and make the investment for that. And make the right. Investment. What I want to I want to point out, and so I did Google it, um, where the money goes when oh good when you pay the luxury tax, and it appears that the money at least fifty percent is redistributed to the other teams. Um, okay. And then it looks so like so. Then the they 50- have it available to pay for. Well, well, what's yes. So some goes to the other team, redistributed to the other teams, and some goes to the league, right? So, okay, okay so I, I appreciate building up the league, right? Because that's sort of where the branding and the marketing and the, right, you know, all that other stuff comes. And nobody benefits if the league, you know, isn't strong and, you know, another competing league can come along or whatever. Just go ask the PGA or ask the... Oh, that's NFL. a conversation I'd like to have. <laughs> yeah, or the NFL, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, so the, you know, so there's some. And the, the NBA took to- a different approach. It's like we'll create our own competition called the G League. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. Exactly. Our own developmental league, or yeah. Anyway, go exactly. On. So, so then. Um, but the money that goes back to the other, that's redistributed to the other teams creates a disincentive. It, it does a number of things. One, though, it, it creates a disincentive for those other teams to do the investment. If you're going to give me some money for being mediocre, they're not mediocre. I, I'll concede that. But if if I'm going to get money, now I'm not going to get the top money, right? I'm not, because I because I'm not, doing some of the things that would make my team a Los Angeles Lakers or a Boston Celtics, right? Or a Miami Heat from just a pure marketing, merchandising sort of standpoint. If I'm going to have some, you know, some- But in the end, we're talking, we're talking teams getting a couple of million dollars. They're getting a few million dollars, that's fine. But it's like, Okay, but so what other thing justifies you not spending the money? And why do you have the salary cap? Is the salary cap just to punish people from, uh, you know, from to to not pay their players, or is the salary cap to keep the league? It's to try to have some parity. It's try yeah, to have some parity. Exactly. So if it's to try to make it competitive, then what we need to be doing is bumping up the 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 salary cap uh, doubling the salary cap and y'all need to go and find some more money because you know and, and I mean it's an interesting thing because I mean and obviously the world of sports and the big money that goes into it you know all the licensing deals and the marketing and the merchandising and the you know all all of that you know and you've got multiple people that are doing their own brand building and their own you know, so it's it's a it's a complex formula, but at the end of the day, if you're not if you're complacent or willing to not do those kinds of investments to get the bigger payoff down the line, then I've got to wonder why not. Is it that you want more profit in the short run, right? So the money that we do make, we get to keep because we're not reinvesting that back into the team. And to your point, everything you, not everything you do. I mean, yes, you need to be able to get, you know, earn a living, 
but but so much of what we do, and certainly when you have your own business or you're a, 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 a small business owner, you're constantly putting money back and you're constantly reinvesting, whether that's in more education, more, and even if you're just a, 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 a person who has a job, you want promotion, you get additional training, you go back to school, you get another degree, you travel, you go to the conferences, you do the things to build, constantly build, build, build. You're constantly reinvesting in yourself or in your business or in right. your right. Uh, you know, arena so that you can reap greater rewards down the line. Those greater rewards might be financial. They may be just you know uh, accolades and awards and whatever it is that you get out of it on the back end. But if you're not willing to put whatever you do get put that back in, then you don't get more. And ultimately the, the value, the payoff, you know, comes exponentially. The, the, you know, you look at somebody who does like, let's say, you know, public speaking. And there are people who do public speaking and make, and do it for free. There are people who pay to speak somewhere, right? And then there are people that make a hundred thousand dollars for, or a half a million, a million dollars for a one-hour speech. You know the Obamas, the Clintons, the I don't know Tony Robbins. How much does Tony Robbins make to go somewhere and speak? You know there are people who make a lot of money to do it, but those are people who have invested and reinvested and re, you know who have done more and more and more to get to the pinnacle versus people who are at the bottom and don't, you know, it's not that they don't want to invest more, maybe they just don't have the means by which to do so. But when you have the means to do so, then you do so because the payoff down the road is much higher. And if I could invest, you know, $5,000 today and know that I'm gonna make $20,000 a year from now, versus invest nothing today and only make $5,000 a year from now, the payoff comes from putting in more, putting in more on the front end and getting more out of the back end. And again, you know, as we talk about employers with, who are short-sighted and say, you know what, I'm going to, I don't want to do the work. And it isn't just paying employees more, right? It isn't just- It isn't that. You, I, you know, I want to retain this employee, so let me throw some money her way or his way. There is more of an investment that needs to be made. You need to mentor and you need to coach and you need to give them opportunities to succeed. You also need to give them the space to fail, which is a, something that I see a lot of- uh, businesses, a lot of managers, supervisors don't do. They don't give their people the opportunity to fail. And the moment that you do fail or a project wasn't great or a, a thing didn't get the return or, you know, you launched a new product and it didn't take off the way you wanted or whatever it is, you do that. And the next thing you know, it's like, you know, well, you, it, it, you may not fire them, but you may demoralize them. You may make comments. I, I knew I had an employer. I'm not going to say any names, but in my life, in my career, who 
would make these catty little comments. Oh, that really wasn't what I expected. Oh, that was, oh, you did. Oh, well, you know, I, I thought it would be, oh, and the employees did, oh, and you guys didn't, you know, and there was just all this little, these microaggressions, you know, that's what we would call them today, microaggressions. But, there, you know, and at a certain point, then your employees stop trying because they don't want to fail. Right. You know, they don't want to be called out. They don't want to be uh, insulted. They don't want to risk losing their jobs. And it's easier to, to just stay stick with the status quo. Okay, I will show up and I will do whatever my job description says between Monday and Friday and nine and five. And then, I, you know, there's nothing. But what I'm not doing now is, you know, vision, you know, envisioning better, better, more efficient, more effective ways to do the thing that I'm doing because I have an employer who isn't willing to invest in me through development, through training and mentoring and all those other things. And maybe it's that the employer doesn't know how, and again, maybe they're not getting it from their supervisor, right? you know, however that goes. So at the end of the day, I just say that we should all um, work harder to uplift one another and to do what it takes to make people want to do more, to give more. And I don't think there was any, there was nothing about that Warriors game that I watched last night that suggested to me that Steph or Clay or Poole or Draymond or Kayvon, any of them, Looney, any of them, any of them were out there working their butts off for any reason other than they wanted to win. They weren't out there because, you know, you know, the owner, the coach, you know, Kerr, Latham, you know, none of them were there because, like, none of them were there because, you know, I was told to be here and well, they're paying me. So I guess I got to do this. They were there because they wanted to be and they're paid as they should be. You know, you made lots of good points and we are running out of time, but I, I, I want to touch on a couple of things you said, I'm starting with, and again, this wasn't about the salary cap or the luxury tax, but you made a point about disincentives, right? And I think that, and then you made the analogy of employers in a workplace where employees are not given, are not in an environment where they are allowed to fail or encouraged to take calculated risks that could have huge benefits and payoffs for the employer or for the team in general, right? Whether it's a financial bottom line or an improvement in the, the camaraderie amongst the team members or whatever it is. And again, this doesn't have to be, you can look at this conversation in a, a non-business context, a non-employment related context and, and analogize it to your family or your friend group, or you know, a, 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 you know, if you are serving in the community or wherever. 
the, the, another thing is, it, it, this is sort of the bottom line as it relates to people who are employed. Your career is your business, right? So mm-hmm. the, the, it, it's your responsibility to make sure your career moves in the direction that you want it. And if you don't have an employer who is willing to invest in you, the things that you mentioned, mentoring, coaching, training, I call that the the three-legged stool of employee development. If you're not getting that, right? If it's a company that you want to be at, uh, one, I might question if you have a company that's not willing to do those things for you, why you would want to be there, but not that notwithstanding, if you want to be there, then it is incumbent upon you to make that happen, to make your development happen, to seek out a mentor, a coach, get the training that you need. And that may include you paying for it yourself, seeking out the opportunities to learn and to grow, whether it's inside your organization or outside, finding places to go and speak or to volunteer to develop the skills that you need. And maybe you don't get to do that inside your company. Maybe you have to get that outside your company and then bring it in. Again, I would question that, but that's me. You have to do you. Andrew Wiggins is someone who was a number one draft pick for, I believe, the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was rookie of the year. And then he became someone that the pundits, and we can have this conversation about pundits another time, not just in sports, but other things. And as a communicator, a communications expert, I would love to have that conversation with you. That you know, it's people who are always pontificating about things from a, a perspective and not looking at the whole picture. Sometimes I get it. It's about controversy. And so they're just stirring up things to talk about to be controversial. Other times, I think these people really, you know, they believe they're on hype or that they know something that nobody else knows. But that notwithstanding, Andrew Wiggins was sort of written off as not living up to his potential as a number one draft pick. The Warriors got him in a trade and he has become an all-star in the Warriors, right? He didn't start every game this year um, and he has found a home. And again, this goes to the bigger point about taking talent. You don't always have to, you know, when employers are recruiting and they're looking for this unicorn, right? With this job announcement that they have and this process with, you know, 12 layers of interviews and all this stuff. And they're looking for the, this unicorn. Basically, they're looking to replace the person who left with the person who left, which can't happen because the person who left had 10 years to get there or however many right days weeks months or years and so you have to be patient and willing and to make the investment and the same is true in the relationships 
with the people in your life, whether it's platonic relationships or romantic relationships, everything requires an investment and it applies to you. You have to be willing to make the investment, to reinvest. And it all starts with having some clear picture of what it is you want. And to a person, what I understood that the warriors wanted and I want to contrast this with your point about the disincentive for teams who are getting some money from these luxury taxes that are paid, right, is that the warriors were clear. The end goal is the NBA championship. That's the end goal. That's what we're working for. Everybody is focused on that. We all understand our role. We will do our part. Sometimes that means starting. Sometimes it doesn't mean starting. Sometimes that means being, you know, a starter who gets benched because you're not playing well, all of those things. But none of it was about, I'm just happy to have a team in the NBA and I'll take your luxury. I'm not willing to pay for talent, but I'll take your, your luxury tax money and I'll use it to pay somebody. Um, And none of it is about, I'm just happy to be here. Now, I get that everyone who's in the NBA has talent and is capable of playing basketball at a very high level. You wouldn't be on a team, even as the 15th man on, you know, the last team, the last place team, team, right? You're you're good. So we can concede that. But is, is that good enough for you? And for some people, that is for the person on the team and the owner of some of the teams. And then there are those teams where you look and you can tell what the mentality is, what the goals are, because they continuously show up, right? Do you remember a few years back when the war, and this is just a little aside, but, and I I don't remember which season it was, but it was like, I don't know, six years ago when they were going for, what was the record they were going for? The 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 best record the, of the, the most? The best record in the NBA. It was 72, yeah. whatever, whatever 73 wins, 73 and, wins, yes. Yeah, and they were like, you know, and they were going for that at the expense of the championship, right? It was like, you know, in order to get that accolade, they had to literally run their players into the ground. And the coach was like, you know what? We're not going to do that next year. You know, or in the future. I mean, that's just not to your point. It's like, here's our vision. And the vision is champion, you know, the, the, the championship. Right. We don't and have anything to have a, a, any, a perfect we can't season. Be distracted. Exactly. Yeah. And not only do we not have to have a perfect season in order to get that, having the perfect season may prevent you from getting that. If all of your players are burned out, dead, and exhausted by the end of the by the end of the season, which goes back to your key message, which is sort of always your key message about having a vision for what it is that you want. And if you don't have a clear picture of what success looks like, feels like, tastes like, or how, or how to get there, a path to get there, then you're not likely to ever get there, regardless of how much, uh, you know, what your salary 
no matter what your salary cap is. So, you know, I like that. And I'm I don't have a salary cap for the record. I'm okay. willing, to, I'm I willing to make whatever amount of money I can make. There you go. Well, you're on the other side. So, of course, <laughs> and I will let that be the final word. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And it, it's vision. And then it's an investment in the vision, whatever that is. And, and only you can decide what that is, the trade-offs. For the warriors, it's the luxury tax. What is it for you? What is it for you? What is the trade-off you're willing to make? What is the cost you're willing to pay to get what you want by investing in yourself? And we will let me let me I just want to add this one thing. So I know we're wrapping up, but I want to add this one thing. And it's you know, we talk about for the, the warriors, it's the luxury tax. It I just want to point out that it isn't just that the warriors are like, you know what, we're willing to pay more for a higher you know, payroll. It's what that payroll represents, which is an investment in the individual, in the people that are bringing them that success, that they are not casting aside those people because now it costs you more to have Steph, Clay, Draymond, and so forth. Yes, it costs more to have them, but they deserve it because if not for them, you wouldn't have the championships, right? So it's, it's, you know, rewarding people that bring you the success that enables you to reward them. Follow that it's logic. A, it's a circle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You invest, you get the reward. You have the vision, you make the investment, you get the reward, you get to invest more, right? <laughs> yeah, because exactly. now it costs more in order to continue that cycle. So absolutely. Uh, and with that, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Life Limits and Lemon Drops. We encourage you to ask yourself the questions about what you're willing to invest in, what your vision is. If there's any way that Greer or I can be of service in helping you on that path, please reach out and let us know. And if you have not rated or reviewed the podcast, please do so on the platform that you listen to us on. And with that, we want to thank you again. Have a great rest of your day and take care. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 